Welcome, everyone. Uh, we're about to begin BPM number 10. That's Bayez Panimi, Shear number 10 for the men. Um, we're talking about shearing. We're going to continue that uh, um, discussion because it's extremely important. It brings down that at uh, his wife's funeral, Rosh Zaman Orbach um, said these words, that it was customary to request forgiveness from the nifter. However, I have nothing for which to ask for forgiveness because during the course of our relationship, never did anything occur that required either of us to ask each other mechila because we all le- led our lives according to the Shulchan Arach. A big Talmud came to Rosh Zalman and got hadracha from him how to build a bias, neman. A few months after the student's chasana, the Shlom Zalman asked him how things were at home. And the Talmud said, he's following his Rebbe's advice. Our home is peaceful, our home is calm, and we don't have disagreements. And he was very proud about that. Shlom Zalman looked puzzled, and he says, did you divorce your wife, or did she die, chas v'shalom? And the Talmud was shocked. He says, I told the Rav everything was going well. Shlomo Zalman shook his head and said, it's impossible to live with a woman without having disagreements. If the environment in your home is as you described, it's like you're not living altogether. So Talmud asks Shlomo Zalman, he says, but the Rav himself said by the Levaya of his Rebetzin that there was no reason to ask Mechila. So Shlomo Zalman explained what he meant. What he meant was as follows. Men and women are very different. Shem created them in a way that what one person wants, the other person doesn't necessarily want. Therefore, disagreements are inevitable. They're going to happen. But that doesn't mean that a couple has to fight. If there's a dispute, it doesn't have to become bitter. It can be handled calmly. It can be handled peacefully, with each person yielding to each other and understanding each other. So this is very, very important to know. Yitzhak Zilberstein brings down from the Gemara Tainus that um, Rabbi Adda Barahava was like a because he never showed anger in his home. So it's not, the, you see, very often he says, this is a very important point, the reason sometimes in some homes there's no disagreement is not because things are really going well at home, but because the spouses don't express their true feelings because each one thinks the other one isn't interested in their feelings. And sometimes they're takanat, and that's the sad part. So therefore, it's important to learn to be genuinely interested and genuinely listen to someone else's experiences. Now, how do you do that? So he brings down interesting from the Hilcha Shabbos to bring out the point. It's brought down that to maximize the Shabbos experience, Halacha says that you shouldn't talk excessively about mundane matters on Shabbos. Right? Vidabadabar is that the Isser Bidrabana speaking on Shabbos about mundane things are mostly about business and things like that, which is Asr. But if one derives an Oineg, a pleasure in speaking about specific topic, it could be a topic that's, as long as it's not Lashon Hara, but it's totally mundane, then it's Mutter to talk about that on Shabbos. Look in the Ramah or Chaim, the Simon Shin Zion Sifa Sif Aleph. The Mishabura over there and, um, says that even to one who doesn't normally enjoy the topic, but enjoys bringing pleasure to someone else by speaking about this topic. For example, if you don't like sports, 
but you're at you you have a guest for Shabbos, and the guest loves sports, so he's permitted to talk about sports on Shabbos. But I'm not right because it's not something I enjoy. It's not my oinig. It's his oinig. So he's allowed to talk about sports. I'm not. However, if I enjoy bringing pleasure to that guest by speaking about sports with him, it's mutter for me to do so. Not just for his sake, but because I'm actually enjoying the conversation. So in other words, you see from here, a tremendous deep side. By the way, I want to just put a side point here, that it's very important. Some people don't have trouble learning halachas because they find it dry or uninteresting. But I want to tell you, the more you delve into halacha, and the more you see the reasoning behind it through Chazal and through the Arishonim and Achreinim, how they explain the svaras behind halachas, it becomes very, very fascinating and interesting. And it, I encourage everyone not just to be complacent about not enjoying halacha because it's dry and clear-cut. If you're ma'ayin in it and the reasons behind it and you get and you hear all the svaras, it really enriches your life and teaches you a lot about human nature as well. So Bikitza, conversing about matters of interest to one party can bring much pleasure for both parties. So to the extent that it's considered an oinig, even for the one who in, inherently had no interest in that topic. So rather than asking yourself, do I enjoy this topic? What am I gaining by discussing it with your wife? Focus on how the overall experience of how much your wife is enjoying it and how much you're enjoying that. You're enjoying the fact that your wife is enjoying it. She's interested that she went to Costco and bought certain things on sale and very excited about the things she saw there and bought and what she sees and so on, or Home Depot and this, and you have very little interest in that. But you take interest in whatever your wife wants to speak about simply because that allows you to share the conversation. And when you take interest in another's passion, it could be football, stock markets, Child's first pair of shoes, like we talked about uh, last year, that builds a relationship, that builds trust, that builds closeness. It creates closeness. And honestly, what happens a lot of times is that that in, that subject matter that you had zero interest in, you really start in many cases have some at least mild interest in it. It's not unpleasant anymore. You may never love sports when your guest is talking about sports, but as he talks about it and you get a sipic on nefesh from the fact that he's enjoying talking to you about it, and that's why you ask him these questions. Let's say you don't know baseball that well, and he loves baseball. So you ask him, but what's the rule if I don't understand if uh, if uh, the, the, the this, um, I forgot what it's called, the, uh, just the automatic out uh, rule, we have a fly ball in the infield, things like that. You may not have an interest really that much about it, but he's excited about it. So you get a sipic on nefesh, and then the, the, the topic itself becomes uh, more pleasant to you. So when your wife knows, at least subconsciously, that you're not drawn to a given topic per se, your wife may sense, you know, my husband's not really, really interested in this, but he, they're enjoying the conversation as, as a means of building the relationship. She feels loved. She really, truly feels loved. She feels loved because she knows my husband may not love this topic per se, but he, she, he cares about my life. And that's precisely why taking an interest in, 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 in subject matters that may not interest you 
that brings people closer. The same applies to outings together, right? Then for the entire time you're thinking, why isn't this more scenic or what's the point? You'll resent being dragged to places by your wife or by your children or by your mishpacha. But if you take a step back and then you say to yourself, it doesn't really matter where we go, as long as we spend time together, then any experience will be fun and bring you closer. By the way, this is a very good etza when a couple, or even if it's a family where a couple goes on vacation, and sometimes you'll go to places where you enjoy personally more, and sometimes you'll go to places where you may not intrinsically be interested whatsoever, but your wife and children are. But once you realize the tachlis of it, not my own, what I enjoy or not in this particular scenario, but the but the experience that I'm here with my wife and children connecting, it makes the experience a lot more pleasant. And of course, in a real vacation between husband and wife, they could compromise and work. You know, I like going there, I'll go here. You'll go there and we'll go there together. And I'll go with you shopping in the malls, but I enjoy going here, so we'll go together here too, and you work it together. But my point is, is that you don't always have to have that experience where you actually love that particular place, but enjoy the fact that you're sharing that time together. Brings an anecdote here that a young man left home and took a completely different life path from that of his father, and their relationship suffered as a result. And for 10 years, the young man dreaded his father's visits, and that was torturous for him. And the father's two passions were food and horses. Both of those subjects had no interest in the son, very distasteful to the son. But the son tried focusing on the conversations itself rather than the particulars of what was being discussed. And from then on, his relationship with his father has never been better. So you see, here's a good example. The son, the, the father loved talking about food, maybe the way food is made or whatever, I don't know, and horses. Son had zero negative interest in that. But to connect in that relationship, he developed, put an effort to want to express that interest. And that was a Pesach to bring the whole Kesher in a more beautiful way. So it's critical to you relate to your wife in an area that's important to her. And that enhances your closeness with her and your unity with her. Whether it's the color of a new couch or the details of her job, the taking interest of it and encouraging her to share it and reflecting on it, that kindles your love for her and then you'll start getting excited about things that excite her because it's exciting her. Now, when it comes to spending time with your wife, quality is more important than quantity. Um, couples spend a lot of time discussing household matters or kids, but they can't compare to true few-minute conversations of real, real sh- sharing connected with expressions of love and appreciation and admiration. So what I'm trying to say is, is you could talk an hour and a half about um, household matters and things that aren't, I'm not saying it's not important, of course it's important, but the 10 minutes of deep sharing and expressing love and interest does wonders. So the most important time together between a couple, a husband and wife, needs to be this sharing, and every day needs to include this quality time. And no matter how busy you are, you could afford the 5 or 10 minutes And if your wife senses you're not completely focused on her, then no matter how much time you spend with her, she'll feel unfulfilled. You have to actually be present there. 
Now, if you can't find anything significant to share, then you sometimes need to use an external element to start sharing. Sometimes you need to learn something together, uh, as an example. Um, it doesn't matter what you choose, as long as it enables your wife to share in your world. Um, it could be a springboard of showing an appreciation of her wisdom and insights. Um, and that that's also a, an idea. Now, sharing, as well as appreciating that you and your spouse are one unit, can also help resolve disagreements. For example, let's say you want to send your children to a certain school, and your wife wants to send them to a different school. You state your position, she states her position. Now you're stuck. So at this point, you may steamroll one over the other, or one of you may be passive and give in because you're afraid of the other one's disapproval, but inwardly you're resentful or sad. And many couples in this situation remain stuck. Okay, they may decide, obviously, they're going to go to this school or that school, but, they see that, but they're stuck because whenever they try to discuss an issue, they either freeze or go in circles and leave it unresolved. And they either consciously or unconsciously change the subject, hoping the conflict will go away. Now, these scenarios are less than ideal. And because that lingering conflict creates a separation, a certain wedge between you and your wife. So how do you move towards an actual resolution? So the first thing you do is, let's say you have this particular disagreement. You want this school, she wants that school. The first thing you do is you share with each other and you listen to each other of why each one desires that specific school. For example, you may say that this school has smaller classes and higher level or it's closer to home. And she might say that the other school has a warm staff and a parent body that's similar to you and your husband. Husband, That's a sharing similar to the level one that we described earlier, where you're sharing your thoughts and feelings with one another. She may say, you know, her teacher, teachers were cold and that interfered with her education, and that's why the warmth is a priority for her. So you talk about it, and then what you do is you make one list of all these reasons. For example, you make a list that would include small classes, similar families, warm teacher, high-level academics, close to home, and some of these concerns were hers, some of them were yours, but now you join forces. You wrote a list of what's important to the both of you, Small classes, that's school A that the husband wants. Similar families, that's school B that the wife wants. Warm teachers, that's school B that the wife wants. High-level academics, that's school A that the husband wants. So then it's not you versus her. You have a couple. It's the two of you versus this problem. We both have certain aspects that are we feel are important. to. to and you may actually, the truth be told, agree with each other in many ways. In other words, you may agree that warm teachers is a, is, a, is a real factor. It's just that there are other factors that overweigh it. So that synergy, that working together, may actually even lead you to a third school that you didn't even think about that's better than the original two that you were thinking about. So, you, so the key is to include both sides. For example, you may choose the warmer school and then decide to hire a tutor to advance the kids academically. And so, so the solution 
was one person's choice. It'll be the choice of one of the spouses, but you're incorporating the needs of the other spouse on what they believe the Chenech HaBonim and Bonim should be. Or a trade-off, for example. Each person crosses off the list, narrowing it down until they arrive at, at a solution. So through this process, when you're upfront with one another without being upset, but in a loving way, and you're attentive to each other, then that burden, like they say, the burden shared is a half a burden. You're taking away that oil and you're growing together with one another that way. So the side of this, what we talked about last year and this year of sharing, is the key being is that it's a teamwork situation. Marriage is not just sharing the same roof. It's not even about being the same family. Not just being a mother and father to your children. It's about sharing each other's lives. And sharing each other's lives means you open up to each other. You express appreciation to one another. You mirror each other's joys and sorrows. You prioritize your time together. The quality time that we spoke about. That really listening and being empathetic and sharing and being encouraging and finding ways of connecting, and it's all part of being a team. And this is an extremely important aside. And like we mentioned last time, we're going to mention it again, that this concept of sharing, level one experience, experiencing your, your expressing your experiences, thoughts, and feelings, level number two of recognizing your wife as a partner in your success, and showing your appreciation for it. And number three, allowing your wife to share her experiences, to learn how to handle disagreements in a very menschlicher way. And about to understand that what the einig of what your wife's pleasure, if it becomes, if it's really her pleasure, then it becomes your pleasure, similar to the Hilcha Shabbos example that we gave. So all of these aspects affect the other aspects of the marriage as well. Again, people don't connect this to the physical intimacy in the bedroom, but there's a direct connection, an absolutely direct connection. When you share this warmth together and this experience together, then ultimately the, the, the sharing extends to the physical aspects of the relationship and the other aspects of the relationship as well. It's very important to know. May HaKadosh Baruch help all of you that you should really uh, try your best to work on this together, to be a, learn how to be a better listener, to learn that you may not be interested in a particular subject matter, but if it's important to your wife, it becomes important to you. And through this, with Hashem's help, you should grow and 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 the marriage could, like I said, in many cases, you start practicing these type of things, and it makes no difference how long you were married. It changes. You'll see the shifts taking place. It may be baby steps in the beginning, and if it seems like it's not working, you simply do not give up. It may be that this you hit a point where. Um, you, you were so disinterested in one one another for such a long time that the husband or the wife starts hearing this now, uh, like what woke you up now all of a sudden. They may be cynical, but don't be turned off by that cynicism. Don't get discouraged by it. Little by little, if you do it from day in and day out in a sincere way, 
your wife will come around and realize that you mean it for real and you really do want to change and you really do want to share in her life and her to you and that's the direction that you both that you want to take and once that's realized and that's accepted things correct itself and heal and become a tremendously beautiful thing in your marriage. Hatzlacha and bracha.